All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, You guys want to start the show? Let's start the show. Welcome to Saturday Morning Serial, that podcast that, uh, well, you know, it talks all about those themes of Saturday morning TV that not only did we grow up with, they grew up with us. Uh, Case in point, well, we're going to talk a little bit of Scooby-Doo today. Uh, Before we get any further, hey, let me just remind you, I'm Dan Grimshay. I'm in charge. I'm the host. All the rest of you settle down. Now I will carve out two seconds. For co-host Marquis to speak up. Go ahead, Marquis. Hello. All right, two seconds was too long. Also, I want to get Jimmy, the gent Lazinski, on the board here with a little... Jinkies. Oh, perfect. He kept it under two seconds voluntarily. <laughs> All right, let's 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 start this episode. I want to talk about Scooby-Doo, and I'm going to make all the rest of you talk about it with me. And not only that, we're going to go ahead and throw in a couple of interviews with some real Scooby-Doo stars... Uh, not from the original cartoon, of course. That actually does even predate us. Mm-hmm. But we have got Matthew Lillard, famous, is taking over the shaggy role. Uh, Mark E. would say it's his legacy. I think that's a little unfair, <laughs> but we'll that. discuss that further <laughs> later. Uh, and we've also got Kate Macucci. That's right. Kate Macucci. Uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Garfunkel and Oates. Garfunkel and Oates. Good. I didn't get the joke till now. <laughs> yes, these are the other uh, people. Uh, no, so okay. we're going to hear from them. But before we do, Scooby-Doo Mystery Time. Scooby-Doo. One of the staples of Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. Seminal. Seminal, if yes. you will. Iconic. Yes. Iconic. There's yes. got to be another one. Can I Can I just say Animated. this about this? Because <laughs> <laughs> You can't argue that. Voice over actor. Huh? Hannah Barbera. <laughs> Go ahead, Marky. Um <laughs> There's a couple of things that I can really. There's actually there's now's there's, the time. There's three things here about Scooby Doo that I remember most. Well, let's take them one at a time. Here we go. Mama Cass. Is this in order? <laughs> Mama Cass. Uh huh. So biggest first. Globetrotters. Ooh. And Batman. They all of these, all those characters had crossovers with the original Scooby Doo show. Back in the day, or whatever. It's true. And it was, I remember it was those like episodes. A tradition what was the there? name of that show? Scooby Doo. That's it. Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. Where are you? There you go. No, where are you, Scooby Doo? But yes, like in the seventies. Yeah, and yeah. and I, I and and um, because got, you had there couldn't have been more than about forty five episodes. It would be great I, if we had interns I, to look that up for us. Should but, I look it up? But in it wiki? played every Saturday morning 
for 40 or 50 years. It actually, there was a total. Might still be going on. There was, a, there was a total, according to uh, Wikipedia. Um, a wiki reading. Go ahead. <laughs> wiki, wiki. Uh, this, there, there was a total of 40 episodes that ran on only three oh, seasons. Solid guest, bro. Wow. From solid 1976 guess. to 78. It was only a couple of years. Now, that was for um, Hanna-Barbera's Scooby-Doo franchise. I don't know if that, I think that was the Scooby-Doo show. So that wasn't the same show. If you don't mind me doing a little wiki reading here. Uh, hey, yes, yes uh, competing wikis. My go. sources say that it started, it launched in 1969 and continued through several de- decades in derivative media. Which yes. show, which Scooby show is that? Uh, this says American Media Franchise. But that's the name of the show. I so, don't. Rem- I can't fit that into the theme song. Scrolling, <laughs> Scooby Doo. Where are you? Okay, so that's Scooby Doo. Where that's are the you? The show that, debuted that we all know. September thirteenth, nineteen and sixty nine. There you go. This and that was the well the before the turn of the century. Original, original. long before debuted. we got into the first episode was Scrappy, What a Night for a Night. Well, wow. Now, I feel like that should mean something. Which would, but I can't which would totally make was. sense that Mama Cass would be a special guest on a Scooby-Doo show from the 60s as opposed to 1976. So this was a whole other show. There were 17 episodes of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? From 17? 1969 till 1970. See, now I've got to wow. know, and shame on us for not knowing already. <laughs> because we do no background. what was the show we were... And watching it okay. was Scooby Doo. Where it's most of it was so Scooby Doo. Where just, are you? And I feel like Scooby-Doo I could tell because they started doing the crossovers. There were animation discrepancies. I think, like from the original '60s one, where I feel like you could see like hairs on the screen, like an actual film projection recorded. Yeah. Versus then they got into the cheaper uh, uh, Hanna Barbera typical style. In the 70s, where they had the crossover episodes, which were big in the 70s across all mediums, but it was a lot harder to get all of the Harlem Globetrotters onto the Brady Bunch set on the same day at the same time, (laughs) whereas you could just do some voice recordings from two or three of them, animate the whole team. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. And I just, I mean, those were just like, again, that, that. That word seminal, right? Like that was the one that was really, 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 really special. Like I, I remember those, like those, those crossovers just stick into my head. And of course, there's always the, and I would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you, you kids. Yep. You know, like there was always the big reveal. Um, yeah, it wasn't, Scooby snacks. If it wasn't for you, kids, and Scooby Dooby Doo, and and it, it they're they're actually meddling kids. Um, it, it created a lot of Gen X catchphrases. Right. Give me another one. Who wants a Scooby snack? Yeah, the okay. Scooby snack. Yep. I just wanted yep. one. And The mystery machine. The mystery machine. That's not yep. a catchphrase. Here and comes the mystery machine. What do you want? <laughs> look, look. There's the mystery machine. Oh, well, you got me there. Well, and, and, and then, well, of course. Well, if it isn't the mystery machine, <laughs> I could go on. Mystery machine, ho! And I think as far as like uh, as the pop culture has evolved over the years, it was always the what's up with Velma? There was always that kind of question, even when you were. Oh, no, I I accepted her with open arms from day one. But yeah, maybe there was for you. You're a little more woke. (laughs) Damn right. Uh, Yeah, but there there was always that. And then, uh, you know. uh, You mean because she wore glasses? I think there was also. Yeah, maybe so. But and then, you know, what's up with the ascot? 
I mean, that thing, right? I and mean, Fred still is wearing it today. Back in the 70s, yep. a lot of people, um, a lot of cartoon characters had those. Who like, else? Well, the dude, I don't know his name, but the male sidekick for Josie and the Pussycats uh-huh. wore one. And there was a, another one called Captain Cool in the Gang. He wore one. And I want to say little like uh, uh, the old, the elder Brady boy would wear one often. I think Dopey. It was, it was, it was a kind of a comment. I know Paul Lynn. Wore one a lot. <laughs> also, maybe it was just hard to draw an um, X. Mr. <laughs> yeah. uh, Mr. It's the Adam's apples. Uh, Mr. F- F- Foley. Foley. Yep. Farley. What was his name? From, uh, Mr. Freely. Three's company. Uh, Foley. Oh, Don Knotts. Don, Don Knotts. Knotts. Yeah. He always yeah. wore an ask. Yeah, he was always yes, that is true. Ask yeah. 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 So, so it was just kind of a thing. Uh, well, you know, my man Adam West uh, oftentimes would wear one on Batman. Okay, so I think we're we can all agree that Ascot in the seventies meant 60s, you were yeah. a you were a swinger. If you had an Ascot, you got some ass. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right? Unless it was Velma, you know. Because we all right. So what, now what now we up? know Fred's deep dark shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that yeah that you show tie it on the right side, the you're top. If you tie your Ascot on the left side, you're a bottom, right? Marky, I, right? I think it's yeah. I think it's uh, if you have it tucked into your jacket, I think that's more Adam Westy. Like where it was kind of tucked in and kind of nice, whereas yeah. Shaggy, I'm sorry, Fred had it kind of knotted up to the side. It was kind yeah. of all janky. Yeah. Well, I think when you would tuck it in like that, that was like the uh, you know like the like the fighter pilot Toity, or something. Toity, yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, that's like a Playboy millionaire. <laughs> now the actual now. Where does the whole drug thing come in with the mystery machine and the Scooby Snacks and the Shaggy? Like, was there a lot? Was that very overt, or am I just picking up on something here? Well, well, I've got to ask you then, Marky, where are you picking it up from? Because the where'd you learn that? The, one of them drug school. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I lived in a drug school. <laughs> you go to Narc U. Uh, no, uh, the, does anybody remember Jimmy? I'm looking at you. The show Dobie McGillis. Yes. I was just going to say another Ascot wearer, I believe. So Bob Denver, who uh-huh. went on to play Gilligan. Uh, Gilligan's Island. Who did yeah. plenty of crossover episodes, uh-huh. but I don't want to follow that thread too far. Thurston Howell also wore an Ascot. I have another Ascot. Boom! <laughs> okay. But uh, Bob Denver played uh, his best friend, some dopey... Uh, basically, it was Shaggy. When yeah. I was a kid, I couldn't tell the difference. I thought that was Shaggy. And I think it was heavily Krebs, implied. Maybe. Ooh, Krebs. Yeah. That's it. Great work. Man, we don't need interns. What was I thinking? <laughs> we don't even need wiki. Throw this thing away. <laughs> uh but but clearly there was like the uh, the 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 stoner beatnik uh uh character trope right. at the time. And they leaned into it so heavily with Shaggy, and he's probably the only still culturally existing example of it, would be my guess. But it was shorthand back in those days, I think, that, yeah, that kid smokes dope. And he's He's talking to a dog. To a dog. All he wants is treats, and he's very lazy. And he's skinny. And he's very scared. (laughs) Yes. And he's like, they're just always freaked out and paranoid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, he's always hey, assuming someone's out to get him. Are you guys him. familiar with the word projecting at all? <laughs> Maybe it is. Well, that's I just that's kind of why I'm I'm even asking this. Is that was it just me? Casey, but no, Casey I think says that he didn't. Just he, what the fuck did they base Shaggy on me? He didn't. He didn't know any of that stuff. Like he didn't know Scooby Snacks or there were any drug connotations. I think that only came out later. In the late 70s, when drugs were a little more prevalent, and people would be like, man, I got the munchies. I could use a scoop. Wait a minute. Whoa. Wait a 
wait yeah. a minute. But who knows? I wasn't yeah. there. But I mean, in it seems room. pretty. It seems pretty baked in the the I lack of motivation. Nice. They nice. were obviously <laughs> thank you, <laughs> but they were obviously the uh, you know the irresponsible ones. Yeah, they did kind of freebase those references a lot. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Careful, Jimmy. I don't want to lose the main line too far, here. Too far. You're right, you're right. Just to kind of put this show back on the tracks Yeah, here. let me inject okay, this. So, oh, uh, heroin jokes yeah. just flying oh, now. <laughs> so, uh, Hold on. Let me belt up my arm real quick before I think, you get to the I think Shaggy and Scooby were kind of like the like gun dogs here, like where you would kind of send them out to kind of find the ghosts and and you know. But like no, they were, they were the first ones to say, "Hell no, I'm not going to find a ghost." But they would always but be would the ones that would trigger for a Scooby snack. No, <laughs> yeah. and they would about go at two <laughs> Scooby snacks. <laughs> Yikes, here we go! <laughs> like that's the sober, know. responsible character voice. Yeah. It, as someone who doesn't mind a little marijuana smoke in my face, it's a little <laughs> insulting now if we're looking back on it. Times have changed, absolutely. But I do think that it was it was a very important part of he of, used to mind the marijuana of the culture. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was definitely a part of the culture back then, and they had to be really kind of sneaky about it. Yeah, I, I think they were the, they were appealing mean, to kids. With Where parents. do you draw the line? What though? culture are you referring to? The Saturday morning cartoon culture, or yeah, that great question. Where Thank do you. they actually intersect? Because boy, it was for kids when I was growing up. You know, ten years after it came out, plus. But they were Many written but more years. They were written but, by adults who were artistic in the yeah. 60s and they were doing drugs and yeah. i think they were putting well, there's that not stuff a in whole there. bunch of weed references in toy story oh maybe oh yeah they're talking <laughs> toys i mean the dudes, <laughs> these toys are talking Fair enough. Be, yeah yeah and I, I just it's it's maybe one of the most and when and when andy walks in the room everybody's like act like nothing's going yeah, on everybody's just mm-hmm. saying yeah. don't move don't yeah. move uh, you ain't some paranoid <laughs> i do think and and uh, is that Scooby is one of the most iconic characters that's ever been drawn. I mean, you well, like for dogs. No, but I, I mean, Scooby, Shaggy, the freaking mystery machine, like the way that they're all dressed, like it's so. Oh, you like, mean as like a cartoon, yes, as a Saturday as a, morning as a cartoon? cultural icon? Yes, the, all those characters have a like they they might as well be wearing a Superman S on their chest and a cape. They're very iconic in the way that they look and the way that they behave, and it hasn't changed over all these years. Now, I know that the most recent um, Velma, uh, uh, Velma show with uh, Mindy, Mindy Kaling is changing uh, you know, some, yeah. uh, some of the things, but still, she's still dressed the same, mm-hmm. you know, even though there's some other differences. But like, So there's something really, really, really cool about... Uh, Scooby Doo that just is just timeless, yep. you know, and and it's it, a show that was so over the top to begin with, right? That even when they later jump the shark with Scrappy Doo, and after yeah after the break, uh, we'll talk more about it. I don't want to rip that that open quite yet. Okay, but there was something where they even tried to reinvent themselves every time around and got a huge backlash, but they're still culturally re- relevant. Like, it still works. And certainly Scrappy didn't save him. Well, and, like, um, what other, like, show of, like, that era, era especially era. that was, like, animated? Like, what other show had, like, crossovers like that? Like, you had 
Mama Cass. And I know I keep bringing, for anybody that's, I mean, and she was before our. Yes. For our, all our of our time. listeners. This is before the Marky, why don't you Sandwich. explain so who Mama Cass was? She was um, one of the three members of the Mamas and the Papas, right? Um, Seems like there should have been at least four. I thought there was three. Main, I mean, there was there was like intern in the too. <laughs> Wiki reading. Well, we've got um, multiple mamas and multiple papas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, she I was. And so, everyone, go ahead. So anyway, she was a she was a very 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 popular of the time uh, singer, um, and her being on that show was just a huge deal, you know. Um, and then of course they would bring in the Harlem Globetrotters again of the time, very very mm-hmm. very popular. Also and, had their own show. Oh, who also had their own show, and then, <laughs> but we're not talking about their show. No, that tells you something. And then they ended up bringing in Batman and Robin, and you had Casey Kasem, who was voicing Shaggy. He was the original voice of Shaggy, and he was also the voice of Robin. So you had this original guy, original voice of Robin, the, the original voice of Robin. So you had Casey Kasem doing two voices on the same show, which uh, we, Alan Soul was the voice of Batman. Sidebar. That's awesome. Love that. Wow. Love Adam's soul. But yeah, so. Expert chime in. I love that. Uh, I just thought it was a cool thing because, like, we just didn't see those things on Saturday morning cartoons, after school cartoons, cartoons in general, where there was crossovers and there was, like, um, yeah. uh, guests. They had everything roles. else. Uh, cameos, you mean. They had Sunny everything else but <laughs> crossovers until finally, a decade before we were born. <laughs> yeah. Scooby Doo, right? I think that was where it was born. Was on Scooby Doo, right? On the curse of the, so. the curse of the cross, the cursed crossover, <laughs> the curse of the crossover. Yes, I think so. <laughs> they they rip off the the uh, Mama Cass mask, and it's just a corporate executive. Yeah, is that, yeah. Is that where we're going for here? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Because I think you can go if we are going to talk the birth of the crossover. Uh, your Abbott and Costello. Yeah, I mean, they met Dracula, the Mummy, the, the Wolfman, yeah. the Mummy. They crossed over like mothers. So I guess I guess Scooby didn't invent it, but it it is. Maybe but they it, made it a lot easier anima- with they, animation. Hey, they definitely made it swing. <laughs> there you go, Ascot time. Now before we get any further down this uh, this pointless road, why don't we just bring up Matthew Lillard? I know. Play Shaggy. We've talked about him, and if you ask me, even if Scooby Doo didn't exist, and I just met that guy and heard his voice. I would assume he was high and paranoid and talking to a dog. You mean Shaggy or Matthew Lillard? Matthew Lillard. Oh, okay. Well, maybe. I mean, it works. It works for me. (laughs) Well, why don't we let our listeners decide? You think so? Oh, oh, I see what you're talking about. The interview that we're going to play. All right. Hey, Magic Interview Machine, why don't you give us a little Matthew Lillard recorded from from WonderCon, like Comic-Con 2022. Who wants to start? You want to start? I'll kick it off. Yeah, yeah. So, when you took over this iconic character, did you ever, well, one, did you think it would last this long? And two, did you ever think you'd be fighting Batman in a video game? Uh, that's awesome. Um, yes, I've always dreamed about fighting Batman in a video game. Uh, no, I never thought. I mean, I thought it was a, a weird job that I'd go off and do it and be put to bed. Um, here we are 20 years later, and I'm still doing it, and 
it feels like a real privilege, to be honest. I mean, to, to be an actor, to have something you keep coming back to, to be identified with something that's internationally iconic, feels like a privilege. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, your earrings are awesome. <laughs> be shocked if Warner Bros. allowed that, um, but Shaggy would for sure kick his ass. <laughs> for sure. A sandwich is way more lethal than a knife. Everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's easy. The, the reaction that people still have to him. The idea that people still care after all this time. Um, and that the character and the performance still mean something to people that grew up with the movie, that have grown up with the cartoons, is the best part. Is that, you know, how, how other people see it um, is pretty profound. I wouldn't <laughs> stay with it. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know. I mean, Iron Giant, I don't know. It was pretty badass. Um, but yeah, I think, well, look, I, I, to Tony, to give Tony credit the, and the Warner Brothers team credit, they are super keen to make sure that the legacy of those characters is uh, protected. So I wouldn't want to play anyone else's character because I think that they're doing a really great job and bringing the voices in that do them. I mean, so many times uh, a company will cut corners when it comes to something like that, and they're not. They're leaning into it, which I think is pretty special. Yeah, he uh, he throws sandwiches. He he defeats his enemies with a sandwich as a special power, which is pretty ba badass. Yeah, yeah. But I will say the idea of playing with LeBron James is pretty awesome. <laughs> so LeBron James got announced today. I don't know if you guys saw that, but that's that's pretty epic. Okay. Yeah. And then, so the Shaggy have to eat a Scooby snack ever to get like a power up in the game? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I know Scooby snacks are in there somewhere, but I'm not really sure. Okay, a future Easter egg. Go ahead. A future Easter egg in the game. Then. <laughs> there you go. We've seen all the Goku memes. Is Shaggy the most powerful character in the game? Without a doubt. <laughs> Anyone that says otherwise is wrong. If I can ask a screaming question. Yeah. So Stu was never a confirmed kill. Uh, well, <laughs> will we see him again? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I Listen, I know that there was a lot of effort to establish that Stu is still alive in the last Scream. Um, they are shooting Scream right now, and I am right now not in Scream. <laughs> right now. Right, right now I am not in Scream. Right now I'm in San Diego. <laughs> are there any differences in how you prep for a video game role versus animated properties? Yeah, good, good question. So, animated performances are are brutal. 
quite frankly. Um, the idea that you're screaming and running for your life um, for hours at a time is vocally very challenging um, and really hard. In fact, it's one of the reasons why I believe that actors in video games should be paid a lot more than they're getting paid now. Um, I think it's a multi-billion, billion, billion dollar industry, trillions of dollars, and actors just are a big part of the storytelling and aren't being, I think, fairly compensated for the work. Um, and that said, it's, you know, it's you're running for your life. That's my political statement. Uh, you're running for your life, you're screaming for your life, and there's just not a lot of um, intimate moments in a video game, which I think that one of the great things about Scooby-Doo is that the relationship between, especially Shaggy and Scooby, is very um, emotional. And I think that kids really respond to that, and I think that's one of the better part, that's one of the best parts of playing that character. Oh, please. In fact, very early on in my career, it's the last thing I wanted. Um, and listen, I don't know. You know, I, I will say that after a long career and being in conventions a lot and sort of engaging with fans a lot, my legacy is dependent on who the person is, right? I mean, SLC Punk is as powerful as Shaggy, which is powerful as Scream. I mean, it's just a matter of how you found me in your life as to what means something to you, right? And I think that that's one of the things that, you know, as a young kid, you want to win an Academy Award, you still want to win an Academy Award, but you, you want that sort of, you want to be Tom Cruise, and as the older you get, the more you're like, oh, my journey is not that journey, and it's, you know, the more you sort of relax into your wisdom, and being on a career for a long time, the more joyful it is. You win that Academy Award. So you play a lot of D and D. I do. How would you character build Shaggy? <laughs> It's a great question. In fact, my friends at Wormwood published their their character sheet of Shaggy when the superpower Shaggy came out. Um, you know, look, he's got high decks. He's not very intelligent, but he's super charismatic. Um, yeah, I think he would be... What would his class be? He would probably be, like, a, a bard. I would go bard. Probably I would a bard. say bard. Yeah. I love them with other gamers. Yes, probably a bard. But I'd want him to be a druid because that's my favorite class. So. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I somebody said uh, I think Obama, so Barack Obama and Shaggy would be badass. He would just keep throwing truth bombs and righteousness, and I would throw sandwiches. <laughs> That'd be pretty badass. Uh, so we've seen Shaggy crossover with other franchises. Is there a franchise you haven't done a crossover with that you want to? Well, I will say the Supernatural crossover was pretty epic. I think that fans love that. I mean, to me, when you start pulling them out of their universe, I think you have to lean into really specific and, and strong fandoms um, to make it make sense. So, um, 
gosh, that's a great question. So yeah, I mean, I, like something like a Doctor Who or something weird and obtuse you just wouldn't expect would be awesome. Shaggy and Critical Role, I cannot imagine ever happening, but you never know with Matt Mercer. How did Tony and the team originally pitch this project to you, and what makes them the right dev team for this game? Great. Uh, I love that question. So, because it's not about me, it's about Tony. So, I didn't, I don't ever contact, I don't ever have contact with creators, right? They make an offer, my agent negotiates it, they bring it to me and say, do you want to do it? So, look, there's not a lot of, because um, I, I am the voice and I bought that job when somebody when Warner Brothers is like hey we're doing something I most likely want to be involved because I want to support Warner Brothers I want to support my home studio and it's my character I don't want to give it away um, I take great pride in being that character so mostly I'm going to do it um, I don't know I didn't know Tony until today and listening to him speak about the game about the characters how they approach the creative process I I am super proud to be a part of it. I feel like they're trying to do something different. I feel like they have been after it, putting this game together for three years, and I think that you can feel their passion and love for these characters and their gameplay, and what they're trying to do with cooperative gameplay, it being for free, the idea that they're introducing all these fun characters. Um, I'm, I, I've, I've gone from like, oh, I'm going to Comic-Con, to like, oh, I'm going to Comic-Con, and I feel like I'm part of something special in this game. Awesome. Alright, thanks guys. Last question. As a kid, were any of these kind of particular, you know, did they have any special meaning for you? Like, you know, do you have any favorites? Sure, yeah. Um, Shaggy and Scooby-Doo. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Watch some mystery into the cereals, the new taste of waffle crisp, the cookie form of Oreo Lowe's, the honey crunch taste. See, that's what I'm talking about. You know you are Saturday morning cereal or Saturday morning cartoon royalty when they base a cereal off your show instead of basing your show off a cereal. Yeah. And there's literally there's on that particular commercial there was three different cereals that they were selling. <laughs> there was Oreos and um I, I don't know. There was a bunch of them. But yeah, yeah. that it just speaks to the absolute high level that Scooby-Doo has always had yeah. in Saturday morning cereal, spanning multiple generations. Well, plus, he's also known for always having the munchies, right? So, mm-hmm. like, like you know, it makes sense that a Scooby-Doo character would be used to sell delicious snacks-type food. Because yeah. <laughs> he loved food. Like, he was, they, Scooby and Shaggy were both driven by, by, by food. Yes. Always. Constantly eating. <laughs> yes, they could always be bought off. They were very yeah. weak-willed characters in every single respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, again, once we get some interns, I'm going to have them look up some of these facts. <laughs> we're not looking up anything. <laughs> well, we aren't. No, we're above yeah. it. But eventually, yeah. interns will come. Uh, anyway, that was Matthew Lillard. And some of you might be wondering why he kept talking about how strong Shaggy would be in a fight. 
It's yeah, because roundtable pertaining. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, maybe it deserved discussing beforehand. But if you stuck this far along, uh, let me tell you, <laughs> if you're still listening, you deserve. <laughs> this was uh, this was about a video game which technically right now still is out. Yes, called multiverses. Multiverses, yeah. Or multiverses, or multiverses, mm-hmm. or multi. It's very clever. Mm-hmm. Apparently, too much so. But it was. Uh, it's basically a, a Smash Brothers uh, yeah, clone. That's a good way to put it. Where yeah, you've so got you lots have... of different characters from a, a larger IP holder. It's a all fight each other. They're all WB properties. So that includes DC characters, Scooby Doo, Hannah Hanna Bar Hanna Barbera. Um, and a whole bunch, like some yes. of the... One wonders why so, DC wasn't enough. It says here, uh, so this this actual panel that I was at at Comic-Con 2022, it was a get a behind-the-scenes look at the multiverses, an all-new free-to-play platform fighter video game featuring an ever-expanding cast of beloved heroes and personalities from Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Harley Quinn, all the way to Shaggy, Bugs Bunny, uh, Ira Stark and many others. So it was like this two-on-two Smash Brothers type of game, and so yeah, you could actually see in a fight Shaggy versus Batman, and, and yeah. you, you guys heard. Or at least, bit. depending on uh, who's controlling them, who's going to win. Uh, and good news for anyone out there who wants to try it: they won't let you. Yeah, something. If happened. you don't already have it downloaded, <laughs> you cannot. Uh, the servers actually are going to shut down pretty soon, as well as the time of this recording in uh, June of 2023. And they maybe. say hopefully it'll be back. Yeah, in, in 2024, 2024. Yeah. we'll see. Uh, but Scooby Doo lived before and continues oh, to live on. It'll never go away. Thank God, because it's again. I think it's one of the more endearing characters, one of the more iconic characters. Um, Jimmy. Yeah, let me blow your mind with some facts real quick. That's okay. what we bring you on board for. Do it. <clears throat> okay, this show was originally named Mystery Five. Mysteries what? Five. Mysteries Five? And this is early development. Okay. Mysteries. We're talking about Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo. This Scooby Doo, where are you? This the is original. At the, featured five at teenagers. The Hanna Barbera Studios. Jeff, Mike, Kelly, Linda, and Linda's brother, W.W., along with their bongo playing dog, Too Much. <laughs> I hate this. Well, it sounds pretty close to I know, Scooby-Doo already. Like Scooby just collectively formed the band mm-hmm. Mysteries 5. Oh, they when they like weren't performing band. at gigs, they, they were, were like a Josie and the Pussycats. spooky mysteries involving ghosts. Okay, so what came first, Josie and the Pussycats or Scooby-Doo? Josie is way older. Josie yeah. is a spinoff of Schubert. Of uh, Archie. No, no, I don't think that's Archie, true. Uh, Josie and the Pussycats Interns. is a spinoff Interns, yes, so come to me. Scooby Doo was inspired by Archie. Yeah, and the, the the Scooby Gang. They wanted it to be like the Archie Gang mm-hmm. with a dog. Yeah. Well, okay, then I'm Archie go had ahead a sheep and say that, that had a big dog named Hot Dog. Dobie Gillis was inspired by Archie. Scooby Doo then took from Dobie Gillis. And uh, where are we in the timeline? Here? I think Dobie Gillis is just the inspiration for the design of Shaggy, but. It's not the story necessarily. That comes from apparently, according to the little Jimmy here. <laughs> now, yeah, from, where does Josie and the Pussycats? That's fall from into the fifties or earlier. I doubt. Yeah. I don't think that's it's true. Even, maybe even the forties. Yeah, Archie. That's where Josie and the Pussycats comes from. Is Archie? Mm, she went to the same high school. Yeah. Josie went to high school with Archie in the forties. 
Well, the, 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 yeah, that, that was all the same universe. That, yeah. yeah, man, Riverdale. Sure. Riverdale's to blame for all of it. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, yeah, that's what it looks like. Well, according to and Principal Wiggins, <laughs> but somehow someone put him in a van solving mysteries. Yeah. However, the however that archetype began, which mm-hmm. even would probably stymie Joseph Conrad, intellectual. Well, they, they yeah, they wanted a, a group of teenagers like the Archies, and the Dobie Gillis gang, and that's what they originally came up with. And what was really cool about at least any show that I can remember is that no matter how scary it was for Shaggy and for Scooby, no matter what it looked like, it was always somebody acting like a ghost. It was always a regular person in there. It was not supernatural at all. It was always a trick. It was always a scam or a con. Yeah. You know, like it was always grounded, even though it didn't look like it. Grounded is uh, seems like a bit of a reach, but yes, well, they always there was a talking dog. The supernatural yeah. by the end. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, now, did everybody hear Scooby or did only Shaggy hear Scooby? What do you guys remember? I think everyone did, but God, it's like a. Ooh, that's a that's a tricky one. Or was it just interpretations of his dog? Because whenever I talk to my dogs, they all have voices when I'm talking to them. Yeah. You know, I don't mean literally, but all of my dogs have distinct personalities that I imprint, you know, character into. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. T- I didn't, like, by hey, my Mark. silence, I don't mean to seem like you're crazy because I do the same yeah. thing. But it is kind of crazy. It is It is a little crazy, yeah. but I understand but, talking to your dog. I get that. I think does your dog tell can... you to kill the mailman? No. He's okay. he's there to solve crimes. No. It's not, a, it's not an insane question. It's more like, uh, you know, a Stewie on Family Guy. Right. At first. More like group. I think he only talked to the dog. But it then... was only the dog who could talk to him. And then by the end, they abandon all pretense. And now everyone can talk to the dog and the baby. Yeah. But I don't. I don't really. I don't really remember if everybody can talk to Scooby because, like, and then a plus, like, I the, think the, everybody can. The only well, thing that Scooby says is like, that Scooby is there. But I also feel like they're never saying like, "Hey, Scooby, explain this." To yeah, me. I don't think Scooby. It's, would you like a Scooby snack? And you can I say mean, that to, to any quote dog, a cartoon character, and they would they would respond. So he's to there. It. Well, he's plus, not Tyler uh, Durden. Uh, yes, there we go. We've we've found the line. Also, he's not Scooby Durden. Scooby, somewhere between Snuffleupagus and Tyler Durden. Sco- uh, Scooby never really talks. He just intones, right? He just oh 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 no. I mean, you know. He but he's not better than my dog. He, yeah, but. he says, "Put some mayo on that, Shaggy." <laughs> yeah, I don't think he does. Don't skip on the pickles. <laughs> yeah, like very uh, like the uh, Jetsons dog. Uh, yeah, it wouldn't Astro. be more than more than Astro's. Yeah. You know, four or five words, not a full sentence, but definitely something you can understand. Didn't Astro have like a voice modulator though? No, no, but now that you mention it, why he the fuck like wouldn't they? <laughs> he should have had one. He's in the future. You could I mean, turn the that, lights on and off time, by clapping. Why didn't they yeah. have that technology? That one time they asked Scooby where the Frisbee was, and he was like, roof, roof. <laughs> Here you go. Oh, he really wanted to stop this conversation for that. And then uh, he said, uh, Shaggy said, uh, Jinky, Scooby, what do you, how would you describe that sandpaper? Roof. There you go. Okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and hey, he hey said, Scooby, hey, how's Scooby? this segment of Jimmy's going? Hey, say, hey Scooby, who's, who's the best ball? Who's the best baseball player? Beyonce. Ruth. He said Ruth. 
Ruth. <laughs> And then, and then Shaggy said, nah, this Doug's crazy. It's DiMaggio. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, I feel like we that's, were actually holding Jimmy back. That's I know. Yeah, that's sorry, I'm sorry. That's all right, guys. I I'll just get derailed that. You can't stop me. No, no. But maybe, maybe IP But maybe we could. should. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, again, Do we have any more Scooby to, celebrities? You know what? I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, before. I, would, I, I just want to ask. Jimmy here, because he is the resident Batman expert. True. What did you think when you got to see Scooby-Doo, when you got to see Batman show up on an episode of Scooby-Doo, like, what did that mean for you when you got to see that? Like, if you can remember, put yourself back in that position. You must have been in your late 20s. I mean, uh, if I can remember that far back, sitting on the couch, fighting my brother for (laughs) a good seat (laughs) on the TV. But before this is that, after Marky, you meet your parents in the I, kitchen for some cereal, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so that was very cool to me because Batman was like the biggest thing to me at the time. This is this would have been where does he rank now? Early, pretty big, <laughs> but but a little later, a little later than this time frame. I'm thinking of Bat, uh, Superman. You know, Christopher Reeve would have come along, and he was pretty big to me. But so Batman was it. That was kind of like the only my only jam. As far as toys, comic books, whatever it was, everything was Batman. So when he was on Scooby, I that that kind of legitimized Scoobert and Shaggy to me. I mean, they were. I mean, I already watched them, but that was pretty cool. And and, and then you'd have that to was wait. the good. Like, and then we didn't have streaming or mm-hmm. VCRs or anything like that. So you we'd had have to, to be wait. there on Saturday morning. Yeah, you had to be there, and fingers crossed it was that Scooby. It wasn't some lame. Paul Lynn or Shunny and Cher or fucking Mama Cass that keeps coming up. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but that was really, it was on, on, yeah, that was really cool. And that was like my favorite animated Batman, too. Like, I like because he had the little black part of the cowl. Um, he had a, a lot of the time through that. Now, I'm sure that I didn't notice it at the time. It's only through the internet these days and watching it again. But they, they colored Batman. So that it looked like he was wearing a hood. Like his neck was flesh colored. Mm-hmm. It looked more like a hoodie yep. that he was wearing. Oh. And in a lot of shots, Robin, his R was reversed. So it was a yellow circle with a black R instead of a black circle with a yellow R. And again, of course, I didn't notice that as a little kid. And they and, had that awesome Batmobile on that one, yeah, on that version. Yeah, like, and that, that was the one from the Super Friends, too. Sounds right? like they were very was, lazy. Well, well, I'm sure they had know, all the cells ready to go. I don't know where they sent the no, it, it, animation It's Hanna-Barbera. I'm yeah. pretty sure it's very lazy. Yeah. Well, it has to be. Yeah, they're making a lot. <laughs> yeah. Which also explains why Shaggy was always dressed the same, you know, because they were just going to use those cells. Everybody it's was. It's Shaggy walking. Nobody so. changed yeah. their clothes. Yeah. The, you never did that. So, yeah, I just I just love that part about about that show because, like, you would always – most of the time there wasn't a special guest. Most of the time it was just, you know, the Scooby gang. Um, but but you every once in a while, for those yes, cameo episodes. I love, I love the you special love guest a good episode. Cameo. I love the good special I'm, I'm guest I'm with episode. you, man. <laughs> Absolutely. It was the best. I, I just – I love that part about that because you just didn't get that with these other cartoons. Well, speaking of Scooby-Doo uh, guest stars, mm-hmm. if you will, yep. uh, Linda Cardellini – could not join us. No, today. she's busy voicing everybody in the Marvel universe now. Yes, yes, yeah, voicing and playing at least two different roles. <laughs> but this is not the goddamn Linda Cardellini episode, as much as I wish it was. And that I was Matthew Carlini. Lillard's Vilma. 
Yes. Yeah. She played Velma in the live action series. Movie. Yeah. Now they've uh, Matthew Lillard. Uh, as far as I know, I think even Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince Jr. are still keeping up their uh, voice roles mm-hmm. on new animated Scooby Doo stuff. Talk about making a living. Yeah. Why not do it? Uh, but they had to replace one Linda Cardellini with who now? Kate Marcucci. Kate Marcucci. Who talked to Kate Marcucci? That's me. Relatively recently. <laughs> yeah. It would have been a minute ago, but uh, I did talk to her. And it was for the anniversary of uh, What's New Scooby-Doo that was on TV. That's the reason I got to talk to her. It was a special where they celebrated all things Scooby-Doo. So we talked a lot about Scooby-Doo. We touched on a, lo- a couple other things, as you will hear, listeners. But mostly Scooby-Doo. Let's do it. Hey, well, that's good enough. Magic interview machine, bring us way back now to, unless uh, anyone has any objections. No, magic interview machine, give me some, Kate Magucci. Meanwhile. How are you today? Good, how are you doing? I'm Dynamite, I'm Dynamite. My name's Jimmy, I'm with Bleeding Cool. Hi, Jimmy. How's is it sounding okay? I, I don't have my mic hooked up, but does it sound clear to you? Sounds great. Awesome. Cool. Sounds great. Uh, nice to meet you, Jimmy. A pleasure's all on this side of the internet. Let me uh thanks so much for being so gracious and taking the time to let me lob a couple of these softballs at you. Uh, I really appreciate it. We're gonna talk about uh Scooby-Doo, where are you? The reunion yeah. show that's airing tonight on the CW. Um, let's start off with, I'd like to know, so Scooby-Doo has been around for a little over 50 years. I'm pretty sure you're a fan as, as I've been for, for so long, most of my life, you follow in the footsteps of some iconic actors in the voice of Velma, Nicole Jaffe, Pat Stevens. And I believe you inherited the role from Mindy Cohen. So I'd like to know what's it like for you to slide into the iconic and strong female female character that's not so dependent on the boys, if you will. Is there any pressure to playing that famous Thelma Dinkley? Yeah, I mean, I definitely felt when I, I, I was so excited when I got the role. I've obviously, I've always been a fan of Scooby-Doo and Velma's always been my favorite character ever since I was really little. So it was a huge deal for me um, when I found out that I got the part. But I, yeah, I, I think, you know, Throughout the years, I it, her voice is somebody I, I always resonated with her, and I felt like okay, now I've got to do my job to to make sure I, I keep her, you know, this strong, you know, independent woman. And uh, <laughs> I mean, among, among other things, she's just so cool. Uh, so I felt I felt the pressure, yes, but I also um, I have so so much fun with it. Um, and a really fun fact: uh, so Mindy and also Linda Cardellini, who played Velma in the movies, um, in the live action movies. Uh, and myself, we all went to Loyola Marymount University. So I always think that's just a very strange uh, coincidence that uh, Loyola Marymount breeds Velmas. <laughs> is, do you, uh, outside of the booth, do you ever hang out with the other Velmas, like Mindy? Um, you know, I've I've run Linda. into Mindy socially. Uh, at, at one time, we ran into to each other at the Largo Theater, and then um, and then Linda, I know a bit, um, mostly through mutual friends at school, and um, so yeah, I think you know, and I, I used to um, go for walks near her house, and we'd always hang. Um, so yeah, I guess I know th- I know them a little bit, but um, yeah, it's it's just cool to know that there's a bunch of Velmas out there. <laughs> Do you guys have um, like maybe pink satin jackets that say "Smart Chick" on the back or something? You know, like. Uh... No, but we should. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, So you've been seven years now. You've been voicing Velma since 
uh, Be Cool Scooby-Doo. I'd like to know, how did you get the role in the reunion special? You mentioned the voice is just kind of your same voice, a little more nasally. So I'm wondering, were you ordering coffee somewhere? And, uh, you know, Wes Gleason stood up across the room and said, that's my Velma. I need I need to have her. Um, you know, I actually don't know. I I had heard that they were auditioning Velmas. And so I thought, oh, my gosh, this is this is such a great opportunity. I got to try it. And so, yeah, I sent in an audition and then they uh, came back with some notes uh, with some adjustments. And so I did a second audition and then I got the part. So I'm not really sure. Um, I think it might have been Colette Sunderman who who thought of me originally for it. But I, I don't know how wide a net they had cast. I'm not sure. Um, I just know that I know exactly where I was when I got the call that I had gotten the part and I was so excited and I was at a park and I was running around the trees. So, so happy. <laughs> you were running around the trees once you got the inform the, the news, the call. Yeah. Right. I was like, no way. Really? Really? And I was like on the phone pacing and like there, were, I just was kind of like doing like figure eights around the trees. Cause I was so excited. Let me, uh, if I could ask you a couple Velma specific questions. Sure. Uh, where do you think she is? Is she happy with her role in Mystery Inc? Um, oh, I don't know. I, I, I think so. I mean, I think, I think it's just like one of those things where they're, they're her constant people in her lives. So for good or bad, they're all together. And I think, I think ultimately they're all really happy, even if they, you know, can annoy each other once in a while. <laughs> so, right. But I guess that's any family, right? I Yeah, I think you had the best line of the reunion when you said, how can it be a reunion if we're never apart, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so true. Velma um, in college, what do you think she would do once she's out of high school or college? What what might be her vocation? Oh, a researcher of some kind, for sure. Um, and I imagine she'd be a person who like does those like fancy vacations where like she can like do an archaeological <laughs> dig, uh, something like that. <laughs> so. That's fun. Uh, so and then I wanted to ask about her outfit, her sweater and skirt hasn't really changed since 1969. So if you could do uh, a makeover, what do you think Velma would like to wear? Oh gosh, you know, I, I wonder, I think she's kind of stuck in her ways, it seems, because she doesn't seem to want to change it. But um I you know, I'd love to see uh what what a version would be of with jeans. Like let, let her have some jeans for once. <laughs> some pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that poor girl like goes on crazy, crazy adventures in a skirt. <laughs> and so does Daphne. <laughs> Scooby and Shaggy uh, always lose their mind whenever they see food or get distracted get distracted excuse me so what would you say is Velma's weakness um oh gosh I feel like uh well one of her weaknesses is that really if she loses her glasses she can't she's <laughs> just gone can't see anything so I guess that's one big weakness um and she can geek out really hard on and sometimes I, lo I love the episodes and and also there have been some fun uh you know dvd um ones where, where she really she like crushes on people and when she has a crush that can be a weakness too and I always think that's fun to play let me ask you about um your fellow castmates uh such, such big names in the industry and and in entertainment in general uh Frank Welker Greg Griffin Matthew Lillard what what's it like working with them in the booth how do you guys get along inside and outside oh man they're just it is like, I know it's going to sound cheesy, but it's a total dream. And, you know, ever since COVID, we haven't been in the same room. But even when we are together, you know, prior to COVID, like, I'd always just like, be I can't believe the four of us are in a booth right now. And like, I would close my eyes and like, listen, and I just can't believe that, like, I'm, I'm in this world because 
it's these voices that I know so well. And, you know, Frank has been in, he's been a part of Scooby-Doo since the very beginning. So we all grew up listening to him. And so it's just really, and not, not only that, but he's just the nicest man. And, um, and Matt and Gray, we just, we all laughed so hard. We like, just, it's a dream. I, I can't wait for the day that we're able to be back together um, in person because I, I do miss it a lot. Guest stars. Do you sure. have a favorite team up or guest star from the show from your tenure? Um, you know, a, a lot of times the guest star is not in the booth with us um, just because of their schedules. But one time we did have Bill Nye and that and he was with us in the booth. And I am such a big, big Bill Nye fan. And so that was really exciting. And um, he actually uh, was dancing during a break. He and Gray were doing a dance together. It was he was just a, a really fun guest star. And that was just really nice that he was in, in the booth with us. But um, he's one of my favorites. And of course, Weird Al um, is one. That was one of my favorite episodes of uh, Scooby-Doo. Guess who? Um, I love Weird Al. It's see, I mean, it sounds like you guys have a lot of fun and I like to hear stories. Like you said, Bill was dancing all the work that goes in behind the scenes, like all the stuff that happens behind the scenes. And we only get to hear just a couple minutes of your recorded voices, right? Yeah. I mean, I always feel that way because, you know, even for us, it's, you know, it's four hours in a booth, but, but the animators are just working day in and day out to, to make the show. And it's, you know, we actually got to meet, I got to meet a lot of the animators um, for, uh, for Scooby-Doo Guess Who, and that was really cool. And I got to, you know, go to their offices and see where they work and draw because they're they're putting in such long hours to make a show like that happen. And it's really an amazing art form. So um, yeah, yeah, for me, I feel like I have one of the easier jobs on the show because it's it's just, you know, four hours having fun with, with a bunch of actors. Um, <laughs> sure, sure. My boys down in research uh, told me that you secretly wanted to act, but you really wanted to be a toy designer and make puppets before you got oh, into yeah. acting. What, um, what were those toys and what were those puppets? What did they look like? What kind of? Well, that was, yeah, when I was uh, in high school and college, I was really shy. And um, even though I was in the school plays, I was always kind of in the background in the chorus and I would like lip sync uh, to the songs because <laughs> I was really, really scared to do actual, like be out there uh, in front of the, you know, the spotlight, I guess. But so I thought if I could do voices and I could do puppets, then that would be a way to kind of hide behind a little bit. So I, I had always wanted to do puppets. And then when I was in college, I started, you know, creating these puppets and carving them out of different things. I, I did um, uh, a little Red Riding Hood and her grandma and the wolf. And I did, um, that was one of the big things I did in college. <laughs> I just sculpted them out of foam and they looked really cool. Um, I actually still have them. But then I, that sculpting and doing puppets then led me to wanting to be a toy designer. And I just thought that'd be like, just, I don't know. I, I was an art major and I was always coming up with different ideas. And the funny thing is then I ended up uh, going to Loyola Marymount, like I mentioned, and Mattel is down the street. And there was a woman who worked there in the Barbie division and she saw my senior art show and my paintings were all very whimsical and kind of bright and maybe looked little toy like or something and and she said have you ever thought about being a toy designer and I said well yes actually I totally have and so I I got offered a job at Mattel and it was the same week I got my first commercial and I thought to myself oh if I take this job I don't I'm not going to have a chance to go out on these auditions because it would be a you know a nine to five job and I thought you know I'm going to just try this other thing first um so 
I, I went the route of being poor for a little while longer, <laughs> but um, I think it worked out well for me because, you know, I got to do more commercials and that led to doing TV and, and then, and actually voiceover didn't come until a little later where um, I, I kept auditioning. I wanted to do voices and for so long. And I think it was about five years of auditioning before I finally got a gig. Um, so, so yeah, I, I feel lucky. I feel really lucky that I got to do the thing I wanted to do. Wow. Talk about crossroads, right? Yeah. Um, what was your first, what was that first uh, voice acting gig? Uh, it was for a show called Motor City. It was on Disney um, and it was such a cool show. And Mark Hamill played my dad and it was awesome. It went for one season, but it's beautiful. Um, I'm, I don't know where you could find it. I wonder, it might be on Disney Plus now. I should look I'll because it um, it's a really, really cool show. I, think I have seen it. Um, so let me ask you about the, your relationship with the ukulele. Uh, how did you start? Do you think it would you would you say or would you agree that it helped your career, helped get you where you are today? I mean, weirdly, it totally did help my career. I I never would have thought that, especially I I grew up playing piano and um, I was putting myself through college and I had graduated with a two year art degree. So I didn't know what my next move was going to be. And I knew that was going to be a very expensive move to my to the next school, wherever I was going to go. Um, so I went and visited my aunt and uncle in Hawaii and my grandpa was there too. And I was missing my piano. I was there for three months. And so my grandpa bought me a ukulele and I painted it. I remember painting this really cool Hawaiian flower on it and some stars. And, um, and I started learning songs and, and then that who knew that that would be the thing. And I, you know, I eventually ended up in school in LA. And then when I finished, I was, you know, I was babysitting, I was teaching piano and I had my ukulele hanging on the wall. And then I just started playing it a lot more. And then I started writing funny songs. And then that sort of led to, I mean, lots of things, I guess. So yeah, who knew that, <laughs> who knew that, that was going to be the thing? Uh, so you had already mastered it when you teamed up with uh, Ricky Lindholm for Garfunkel yeah. and Oates. I, I mean, I wouldn't mastered it. Maybe I don't know. I, <laughs> that's a very nice way of putting it. But I was playing it a lot then, and I was doing a show in LA called Playing with Makuchi, which was a lot of my solo songs and funny stories and puppets and things like that. And um, and then when Ricky and I teamed up, we started doing Garfunkel notes together, and that was just sort of like this crazy magical ride where very quickly uh, we were playing really fun shows and traveling and touring and. Um, yeah, that was sort of just kismet when we met and started writing together, it just kind of clicked in a way that was, um, was really unexpected and very exciting. Yeah. Uh, big fan, big fan of that work. Big fan. Oh, of thank guys. you. Yeah, not so um, much as Velma, but as Kate, what are your thoughts on Scrappy-Doo? You know, I, I know he's a controversial figure, um, <laughs> but I think really when I was a kid, I was never truly like, oh my God, it's a scrappy episode. I was never that excited about him. Um, and I've, I don't think I've worked as Velma. Uh, I don't think I've worked with Scrappy since. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe he's a cool guy. Yeah, maybe he's just uh, misrepresented in the media. Let me, yeah. uh, I've had you for a little while. Thank you again. Let me uh, bring this plane in for a landing. When I was a child, I used to have to get up early to beat my brother to the couch so I could get my good, the good spot in front of the TV so I could watch my cartoons. But I'd have to get up even earlier than that to beat my parents to the kitchen so I could pour myself a big bowl of sugary goodness to get myself started for the day. So Kate Micucci, I'd like to know what was your favorite bowl of Saturday morning cereal and what cartoons did you watch? Oh, well, okay. You're going to laugh. I know you would think I'm trying to be weird, but as a kid, 
My favorite cereal was Bran Flakes. I remember asking, I was like, Raisin, Raisin Bran, I love Raisin Bran, but I don't love raisins. And my parents were like, well, there is another cereal called <laughs> that doesn't have the raisins. And I was like, are you kidding me? Um, so that was always my favorite cereal. I know that sounds crazy. Um, I also really do miss uh, Fruity Marshmallow Krispies. I don't know that they make them anymore. But uh, going to the TV in the morning, it was always, there was Scooby-Doo, um, I, I like the G.I. Joe cartoon, which I think that came out in the afternoon. So that wasn't really a morning show. But then the other thing my brother and I always watched in the morning was Little Rascals. I used to, TNT oh. used to play Little Rascals. And we'd watch that early in the morning before school. But um, but yeah, that's those were that's what I watched a lot. And, and of course, I Love Lucy, but that came on at 9 o'clock, 9 to 10 o'clock on Fox. <laughs> Got that remembered. Uh, Little Rascals, that's some good comedy. You don't get uh, fun stuff like that these days yeah i mean those were those were really funny just like you know watching little kids do anything is always fun so i those those are are funny i haven't seen them in years and years but um Mm -hmm. so um that's it scooby-doo where are you now reunion airs tonight on the cw what am i missing what do you think everybody should know about velma dinkley before i let you go um, well, I think I will say that tonight, this, uh, episode is just really one of the funniest, like I, it made me laugh so hard. I thought it was so charming. The monster, I'm not going to give much away, but it is really funny. And, um, yeah, I, I was just so delighted by this episode. I watched, I got a sneak peek last night and I, I just would say, watch it. It's a really, really fun time. And, um, and Velma, um, luckily has found her glasses. So (laughs) (laughs) great, great. Hey, uh, so that's all I got, Kate. Uh, thanks so much for your time. Do me a favor, enjoy the rest of your day, and then we'll see you on the other side. Okay. Awesome. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That is a that is a certain kind of badge of uh, cultural dominance when they can just sell your likeness out to everybody, including Directv. You guys had no idea like what to pick from. There was State Farm, there was Scooby <laughs> Snacks, there was didn't they do like, a Gogurt commercial? There was too? Gogurt. Like my God, Scooby Doo sells everything. I've never in. Over 120 episodes of this program, we've been we've been we've been cribbing serial commercials, all kinds of commercials forever. I've never Googled something and had that much variation in what they were selling. So, again, testament to the popularity. Zoinks, Scooby, where are we going to find industrial grade irrigation equipment at this time of year? Yeah, exactly. Fundine irrigation systems. <laughs> Where Scooby likes to snack. <laughs> so yeah, it was that was something else. I would have watered all this grass too if it wasn't for you kids. <laughs> so there you go. That's just, I mean, a very mishandled and extremely broad and at the same time laser focused, inappropriate discussion about Scooby Doo. And yeah. there's still so much more to explore. Uh, I feel like I still didn't get a chance to take a big crap on Scrappy. 
No, but you got 30 seconds. Go. Oh, scrappy do. What the fuck is up with you? I think that that <laughs> time that probably does That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so once again, that was Kate Micucci. Uh-huh. Uh, Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. We want to thank him as well. We want to thank everyone involved. Uh, God, I want to thank Scooby Doo for being Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. I feel like it. there's no way he can't be. Whether he is, he's he's certainly. We can all agree before we leave. He's not imagined. No, but there is a possibility that only uh, Shaggy could actually hear, like yes. understand what he was saying, or perhaps projecting the words. You're thinking of the Scooby Doo knockoffs that were on Venture Brothers. Ooh, I think those were the rules on that. Yeah. So once again, Venture Doc Brothers. Hammer beat us to it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jackson Public. Uh, but it felt like a revelation to me, and yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. Why not? Uh, anybody else want to add anything? Because I feel like... This could be enough of this. Yeah, I think... Zoinks, that's enough Jinkies, of this. Jinkies, that's enough of this. Jinkies, that's enough of this. All right, let's get out in the mystery van. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this. <laughs>